0: Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. And all that is
1: gold, only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley here for TLT Round 2. The Supercoach has started, we have Round 1 done and dusted. It was a massive super coach round. It's a fantastic time to dissect all the places that we went wrong, all the things that we might be able to do to fix our team early on as well. TLT Round 2 has landed. I had to get Billy Marion back on board because, Billy, you were on board for a TLT Round 1 where we had a chat to kick off the super coach episodes for this season. I thought it was great to get you on for a follow-up one so we could talk about what we thought last week and, and what's changed and everything. How you been going?
0: Yeah, good mate. Um pretty happy with first week. Just a couple of minor tweaks maybe. Got a one thousand and seven to kick off, so happy with that. But um strange that <laughs> you the first or second place in pretty much all my uh, overall groups, but somehow like five thousandth overall just shows
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was it was quite a strange first round of super coach. And I think that a few things that we spoke about that we were curious about in the off season. We kind of got to have a look at to so whether it was going to be a bit of a lower scoring season whether they were going to call things a little bit like they were doing sort of the back half of last year as opposed to when they first put in the rule changes in the first half of last year uh, I think that we've seen that the, the scoring was a little bit down and the and the penalties and stuff and I, I don't think there was as much attack we had a 6-4 game although I guess you could argue about the teams involved in that one but yeah it it was a bit of a weird round and when you have a look at it too uh, there wasn't huge scores we only had three tons And out of those three tons, only one of the guys was actually heavily owned in Jerome Hughes, who scored 103, 13.4% owned. The other two guys, 106 to Dane Gago, 1.6% owned. And 119 for Michaeli Ravalawa, who was the top scorer of the round and only 0.8% owned. So, I mean, overall, you've only got like three tons, not that many 80 pluses, 18. And a lot of those guys, half of them weren't, you know, weren't above pod level. So, it wasn't a round, I don't think, that really hurt anyone, though. Like, there wasn't any huge scores.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, most of those were sort of uh, either really sort of low percentage or a combination of players that you wouldn't really sort of have to sort of fill, fill out a, uh, a team. So, well done if you got up to the top. But I think there's a few, not anomalies, but a few guys in there that won't have the type of consistency that um, a lot of the guys sitting around in sort the of 30 40, will have. So, I think you'll see a lot of... Uh, Equilibrium really sort of come back and come back to the field starting to plateau in the next three weeks.
1: Yeah, and it's a bit funny because there's also, like you mentioned with your leagues, like it's pretty similar with mine. Like I ended up with a 957 or something like that, and it actually ended up being a decent score. Like mm, I'm yeah. sitting top two in a couple of leagues and stuff just with that score, and it's like well, it's not ranked hugely high, but there was guys that know what they're talking about that were getting seven and eight hundreds. So I think that it's, um, it's just one of those rounds where, oh, even if you talk to some of these teams, and I'm one of those teams too, like aside from injury, if you asked a lot of these teams, and there's even teams that scored like 800 points and are ranked, you know, 50,000 and stuff. If you talk to some of these teams, a lot of them, I reckon, are saying, oh, I probably wouldn't change that much. You know, like I'm not that unhappy with who I've got in my team, or I haven't really seen that many big hitters that I've missed on, or things that have been huge this round that have made me think that I really stuffed up. You know, it hasn't. It's been a weird sort of round like that, where you've got people that are probably sitting at thirty, forty, fifty thousand, and and more that are sort of thinking, I don't really have to make moves. Like I just think it was a bit of a you know a, an anomaly round, like you said.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and the profit. It's probably really too early to tell, but one of the comments that we'll make is um, in the preseason we obviously had that sort of turbo discussion and a lot of uh, a lot of discussion was around look with the new rules early in the season he may he probably likely sort of comes back to the pack and a lot of people will go look I'll wait till uh, Teddy increases in price and then sort of not a straight swap but that's easy kind of platform and one of the discussion points we had was well if the rules affect um, Tommy Turbo then. Just because someone's cheaper doesn't mean it's not going to affect them. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing around. one. A lot of guys may have been affected by the the slower sort of uh, pace of the game, to, to tell you case in point. You know? So I think maybe the strategies need to possibly sort of change a bit
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, It could go the other way too, where um, you've got people that are going to be pretty nervously looking at Turbo the next couple of weeks and thinking about how far he'll drop as well if he keeps going. But he can obviously turn it around. And that's the other big key for this round too. You know, like it's... Oh, yeah. um, it's, It's a round where it is just one round and we kind of have to remember that too. I mean, when we're looking at each other's teams... Who who was your biggest disappointment in your team, and who was your biggest you know best pick for round one, just based on how you saw your team go?
0: Probably going to sound like a bit of a tosser response, but honest answer is Amone. I was hoping for about forty five plus, and got twenty of him. Uh, and maybe sort of Momorowski. I thought he might have done a bit better than forty five versus that team. But every pretty much every player I, I, I picked actually scored well. Um, I didn't really have a low score, or all, all the guys that scored five or sort of fifteen, I kind of left on the bench and. I kind of got lucky with you know the, uh, the Eagles edge and players like that. So I think my biggest disappointment was probably twofold. Number one, not starting with the, uh, the Eagles left edge when he scored a treble in the first ten minutes—that was starting to freak me out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, I did and, start him, so I had the shits big time that he went off. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, and uh, secondly, I, I didn't get colo because I just went when he went from fullback back to the wing. I thought, no, I. would not in the Brisbane team, not, not not all being honest. I opted for the uh, Luki instead when Luki got benched. I was filthy at that. But he played so bloody well. I'm just going to have to get him in my team, that Cobo, playing the Dogs this week, even on the wing. Those were my two sort of disappointments, of not getting Cobo and, um, and, and Amon's output were pretty much really only concerns.
1: What about, I know that you said like most of the rest of them sort of scored well, but was there anyone that you were really happy with?
0: Obviously Haas uh knew he'd sort of at least sort of be around his sort of price point. Um but uh having having the minutes that he sort of did and getting up to sort of 91 was was, was pretty decent. I didn't realise how many people actually uh didn't have him. Um I think probably Arrow in the front row was pretty good. Sexton, I was pretty happy with that call. Like he looked brilliant really in the first half and then didn't go as well in the second, but I'll take sort of 61 points um versus versus the yields there. And I, Sloan, I was really happy with that. output.
1: Billy just wants to name his whole team here just to spruik how well he went in round one.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, stick to,
1: I'll stick to just one. I, mate.
0: I think the biggest disappointment was... Uh, well,
1: I, I'll i start
0: off with the positive.
1: Um, I'm going to probably say my biggest, my best, my best one was Moses. And he was someone who I did late and I was really iffy about and I wasn't sold on, but I just had a bit of a gut feel that it was going to be a bit of a season that Moses could actually step up to his potential a little bit more, um, be a bit more consistent. Um, and I I was looking for halves. And I, and I said in the pre-season podcast where we did the team reveal, Billy, that the places I was struggling most was hooker and halves on what I was going to do. And my halves were almost certainly going to change. And I chopped and changed that so many times before kickoff. And I eventually just, I didn't have the money to get the other guys that I really wanted in the team. So I ended up going for Moses because he was only the 511,000 and putting out the 89 points was like it was phenomenal for me so he was my mvp for round 1 for my team and i also think as well that just on the eye test i thought he looked really good um so that was positive on the negative side um there was a lot <laughs> but i think that's the same with a lot of a lot of teams uh, i'm not going to say the fullbacks because you know i most of the fullbacks didn't go very well and that's going to happen sometimes um so it's sort of half expected I'm probably going to say the late changes is what really, really disappointed me. So I was stuck with Tavita Pengla Jr. at Front Row Forward with only two games left. And that meant that I either had to stick with TPJ and play a a Max King or a Fafita in Front Row Forward or or trade him for some of the options. And I eventually settled on Paulo. And I didn't want to do Paulo. It was one of those things where I had to play someone. I didn't want to play a bench front row forward. So I went for Paulo just in case because he does have the upside. Maybe he starts off getting the offload and I get some decent points for a few weeks or something. But the biggest thing for me was I was going to bank 100K plus out of it at least. So I I knew I was going to have to make changes in the next couple of weeks and maybe that would help me be able to do it this week if I had to do it with injuries, which I do. Paulo ended up being exceptionally disappointing with a 35 and I never would have done that had I not been forced into it with that late injury, which the Bulldogs kept quiet the whole week until we hit that sort of Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it just re-emphasises that, uh, that old point, you know. Put your reserves in as early as possible. But having we, we, when you're setting your team from 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 scratch, it's really hard to sort of swap out a guy like TBJ when there's last game of the season. But last game of the round almost and there's no one left. It's um, not really a nice option, so a bit harder there.
1: Yeah, that was a brutal one for me. I managed to avoid the Lukey one because I just swapped Lukey for Nanai and that worked out fine. Um, but I couldn't manage the TPJ one. I think the injuries was the last thing too for, for everyone that was a bit disappointing. There was a lot of guys that ended up injured in, in round one. Uh, a lot of popular guys as well. So it's going to put a lot of pressure on trading for this round too. But talking about trading, let's talk about strategies as well before we get into TLT. Trade strategy. Now that we're in round one, everyone's had one look. There's a lot of different things happening. And I think that the first point I'm going to make, Billy, and I reckon you're going to agree with me on this, but, you know, I'm I'm keen on your point of view. Because to me, I already mentioned there's a lot of teams that kind of feel like they don't need to trade or that they sort of, you know, didn't really get burnt. They didn't really go great, but they, you know, they can't really see great options. I am seeing some of those teams kind of really searching to trade, though, when they don't really need to, just because maybe they didn't have a great round. So for me that one of the biggest things in the early rounds, like I reckon it's great to trade hard if if you need to fix mistakes or if there's things that are, you know, you genuinely have seen that you think you've missed. Like someone scores 180 points and looks like you really should have gone there in one of the positions, or you know, there's someone who's really killed it as a cheapie that you know that you definitely want. There's reasons to do it, and certainly injuries is another reason too. Yep. But you know, just seeing Guys from round one and saying, I don't really like it. You know, that's that's not a reason. I'm going to read you some names and then I want your immediate response on this, right? The most traded out players at the moment. Some of them make sense because some of them are going to be guys who are, well, are just injured, um, but other guys are not going to make yep. any sense at all. So all right. here we go Luke Curie, sixth most traded out, and Reed Money, seventh most traded out, Katoni Staggs, eighth most traded out. Dodie he Stagg's playing the Bulldogs. Reed Money had one bad game. And I dare say, if you've got Reed Money in and you're on him all preseason, trading him out because of round one, I don't get it. Um, and Luke Curie, you know, harder game against Manly. But again, it's one game and he was always maybe going to start a bit slower. So those look like kind of panicky trades to me.
0: 100%. Luke Curry, first, first game back after God knows what injury. New half combination, decent draw coming up. Give him a chance to gel on that one. Uh, Reed, Reid, we talked about him preseason. We we said to expect the uh you know, a forty, forty-five in, in base and the only way he's gonna get a decent score is if he gets attacked, but he has a soft draw, so you need to average out the attack over multiple games. He's not a bad buyer. Just at least give him the four or five games. That's what you bought him for. And the last one, um was the last one again?
1: Stag's playing the Bulldogs this week. <laughs>
0: Stags. he's got the Bulldogs this week and how many balls did he pass over the sideline last week? He only needed one of those to land and there's an extra 20 points, there's your 55 again. then you go, well I've got 55 points out of it, but no, at what 450k and he's playing the Dogs this week and the rest of his games is after that pretty mint as well, so um now I'm actually buying Cobbo this week for that very reason because he's right next to Stagg and they have that draw, so I wouldn't be selling him.
1: Yeah, look, I think that the biggest takeaway for me with all these type of moves is that um... You haven't learned any information round one that you didn't know the whole preseason. So if you had all this information in the preseason, you made these decisions, and you you kind of just stick with them because nothing's really changed. And you know, Katoni Stags is going to have plenty of of sub thirty games this year, and in fact, a lot of fancied centre wings are going to have sub thirty games. You can't just trade them out every time they hit a twenty-three or twenty-five or whatever. You you can't you can't trade like that. You know, if you if you genuinely think that you've made a massive error then like I get just wanting to do it. If you've got no injuries, okay, maybe, but you really you really are burning trades there on guys that, you know, if you've researched and you believe in and you built your team around in the preseason, all likely over the next couple of weeks they turn it around and they're gonna put some big scores in that you're gonna miss.
0: Yeah, exactly. And average means just that. If a block's averaged at, you know, sort of um, eighty, he doesn't score eighty every week. He scores forty, 120, 70, 90. It's called an average. And they score the generally the higher scores when they're verse first, first lower ranked teams, generally. It's not hundred percent, but it's generally how it works. So a bloke like stags with a soft draw coming up, you're going to like more than likely get the higher ones to get the average that you want.
1: Yeah. And look, I'm I'm not someone who was really off stags in the preseason and really didn't want to get on him and I didn't. Um but yep, that was my decision in the preseason, you know. If you the people are the opposite that own him, you should be believing in him more. Um, and I certainly wouldn't be training when he's playing the Bulldogs. I just, it doesn't make any sense. They're not even going to, these guys aren't even going to change prices this week. So at least give them one more week, have another look. It's free. As far as your money goes, you don't yeah. have to trade. And I think that's a really big deal as far as you don't have to trade other guys yep. that are coming out, mate, this is a really hard one. Mm-hmm. People are trading cheapies out, right? So when you're talking about cheapies trading, out, yeah, it can be a bit tricky. So, uh Valia at the Warriors is out for a few weeks with an MCL injury. You know, he's 205,000. He's the fourth most traded out player. With these sort of cheapies, I guess there's two sort of strategies that you can employ. You can just go, bang, I'm just going to try and get another one. I, I might grab Schiller because he's still named this week for the Raiders and a lot of people didn't get on to him. Uh, or, you know, try and upgrade to someone else. Or the other strategy is to say, you know what? Valia is only 205,000. It's not worth trading him out. I'm just going to let him sit there. And in, in four weeks' time, when he starts playing again, I'm probably going to want him because he's going to be a bottom dollar guy in the centre wing that's going to mature at some point.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying there. Um, I'm, I'm on... <laughs> the only reason I can think people would want to sell him there is because, number one, he's out for five weeks and you're not going to play him for a couple of weeks after that. So, likely, you're going to have to bench him for holding there for sort of seven weeks. Um, similarly... Uh, if you're trading out this week, it's because you're desperate and you basically need to get, get someone in or downgrade or just get someone in. So, who are you going to sell? You're not going to sell the other, the other guy, the other cheap ones, or your other starters, are you? So, it's pretty much a no brainer. He's the, the Schiller bloke, whatever his name is, he's gone from the from centre to actually wing this week against a uh, very soft team. So, it's quite possible that he might actually go for a double this week. So, I see the reason why people would be selling him.
1: Yeah, I think it can go either way, to be honest. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I would just say that if you're selling him, don't just sell him just because he's injured. Like, if if you don't have anyone that you really want, don't try and talk yourself into someone or doing a trade for the sake of doing it. You know, if that's the case, I would probably just lean towards holding him. But if there's somebody that you can get, then then sure, like, it makes sense to get rid of the guys that are injured. Um, Yeah. Giving up early. On guys. That's a that seems to be a bit of a theme with, with some of these players though. So I mean, how much do you look into round one? And this is the outside of you know Kiri, Marty, and Staggs, but a lot of people are disappointed in other players as well. There was obviously a lot of the fullbacks didn't go well on the weekend too. And realistically, not that many fancy players did well. You know, the the top tons, as we said, two out of the three were under two percent owned. So I mean, if you've got someone who's been disappointing in round one. How much stock do you put in that? And when do you look at trading them out?
0: It depends on the player and what, um, who they've got coming up against. Yeah, You might have bought a player thinking, look, I'll take a, I'll take a stab at him. And he might have a real, a real soft uh, game one, um, but then has a tough sort of get, get, get game two and three. All of a sudden, it's not looking as rosy as what you would like. You would possibly want to give yourself a, a, a second bite at the cherry, but maybe... Maybe that's just the one sacrificial lamb people people, people are using to get out of there too early, to use three trades early. Maybe someone's got some injuries, made a mistake, or maybe they haven't haven't made a mistake. Maybe they've just got some injuries and they want to upgrade to other, other, other blokes. They've got too many ranges that look promising and they have to sacrifice a pawn somewhere. And obviously the worst performing guy that obviously isn't, you know, a teddy or a turbo, it, it is someone like a ponga or someone like that where they're just going to go, you know what, he didn't actually look that comfortable. Uh, maybe he doesn't have kicking, um, just talking gener- g- generally here. So maybe maybe there is a sort of mid of that just going, you know what, I know it's only one week, but I need the cash, and he's the least likely to help me.
1: Yeah, and look, there is going to be times where uh, maybe despite, you know, all the research and everything else, and despite, like, a lot of people jumping on, you just miss someone because you decide not to do it. Otago um, would be one. Everyone probably should have been on him, but there's going to be people that maybe made a mistake. And if that's the case, after seeing him score 71 on the weekend, you know, you need to make those type of moves for sure. You can wait a week if you're not going to play him though. And that's probably the last thing I'll, I'll kind of say on the trade strategy. You can wait a week for for all these type of guys too. So certainly, you know, we say it every year on the podcast several times, plan ahead, look at the trades that you might want to wait and make next week. And if you don't have trades that you need to make next week, that might be a point where you go, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play Targo this week in my particular center wing build. So I'll just wait till next week because what if he gets hurt this week? At least I'm protected. I'm not going to get anything out of getting him in this week because I've got the trades to do it next week. So you can just wait on those type of trades. But I mean, Billy, the other thing that you can do with these trades this year now is that you can use your trade boost. And I've seen a few people playing around with that because you can get a trade boost of the five extra players that you can do. And you can trigger that whenever you like to do your extras. So obviously trade early and trade hard is a big strategy. And one that I've employed with the caveat that as long as they are trades that need to happen. Um, where are you standing on this boost? Because obviously it's a new strategy in Supercoach when you use your boost. Would you use like three trades this week instead of two or four even if you thought that you could get your team set up better?
0: Yeah, my, my answer to that one is burn as much as you can, as quick as you can, if needed. You've got to be last, last man standing and the first one to get there. Yeah. Um, at the end of the line for the 50k so if your team isn't set right now there's no point waiting until round 10 um if you see a whole bunch of cheapies and mid-rangers now that you know are going to perform you missed somehow and you need to fix your team do it now before they score extra points in round two and round three and round four because by then you are already feel 300 behind
1: yeah i agree with that look i'm a proponent to the the trade hard trade early strategy so i would use a trade boost if you need to the criteria there is if you need to, though, guys. So certainly you don't need to be trading a Reed Marty, for example. You don't need to be tra- trading a stags. I wouldn't be using a trade boost to do those. I'd be using it to do some of Billy's examples, like if you missed out on a Targo um, and if your hooker situation didn't work out or, you know, a few other things that you maybe you have to do. But otherwise, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be using the trade boosts. Uh, remembering too that you're going to need those around the buy time too if you're planning on playing the big buyers. So keep in mind it is only round one. Billy, let's talk about TLT. The first game of the round is the Storm versus the Rabbits. Now, big team news for the Storm here. So obviously, they've got some horror injuries on the weekend. Um, they're going to have great returns in Harry Grant and Munster, who become really interesting buyers. But really sad for George Jennings and Christian Welsh. They're going to Welsh is going to be out for the season probably with the Achilles, and Jennings probably with his knees. Definitely going to be out for the season. Brandon Smith's going to be out about a month as well. So they copped a lot, but they've got the troops coming in. Um, I think that the the other takeaway for this one is there was talk that Nick Meany might keep his way in the team, but that hasn't happened. Which means that you'd expect Papenhusen is going to be kicking again. Uh, which is going to be good. If his ankle's not right, maybe he won't, but the Meany was the, the obvious kicker that's now in jumping 19. So that's going to be good for him. And for the rabbit side of things, um, Latrell's obviously back, but they looked really quite poor on the weekend, scoring four points against the the Broncos. So big team news for both these sides, mate. A couple of big ins with some stars. <laughs>
0: Yeah, looking forward to the matchup. Um, I think Latrell will add, add a bit of punch to that team um, from the back. Uh, Storm having their stars back there—that's really going to—that's really going to hurt them. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how much faster the Storm go in this game with Grant at the back. Um, I love him, but the new look sort of forwards. I'm, I really enjoy seeing Josh kicking this, having having a go, having using at, at the back, just coming back and um fitting just moving around, having Munster on that left side, sort of feeding left. or uh, It's just epic football that you really want to see. Um, I think Rabbit is a new look. I think you'll probably see them possibly get a bit of a spray after last week's effort and see what happens with the Storm. They're, they're going to be fired up for this one. Surely they're not going to want to start the season 0-2, mate. No way.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't expect it. And, like, the interesting stat, too, is for someone like Latrell coming in, like, By all accounts, I thought the Rabbitohs looked poor last week and I'd be really questioning whether they can really deliver super coach at the moment as far as the points for their players because they really didn't look good at all scoring four points against the Broncos and it was a pretty bad game. But there is a chance that they turned around and they go against the script against this Storm side. Latrell Mitchell, round one last year, scored 117 points against the Storm in his first game of the season. Uh, Cody Walker also carved the Storm up in the same game. So whether that's an omen or something, I'm not sure. I think probably the, the couple of guys that were impressive from from these games uh, and might be potential purchases if you're looking at changing your team. Jai Arrow scored his 60-plus um, on the weekend. Um, didn't play the full 80, but ended up um, splitting middle minutes with his edge minutes, which was good for him. And his work was just pretty solid for a second front row forward. So him at 450-odd K, we thought was going to be decent value. That was when we thought he was 80. Uh, and even when that change, we thought, you know, he's still going to be valued. And, and he delivered. So he looks like a decent one for this game when you're still looking at retooling your team and purchasing. And probably the other one that's an obvious from the o's is going to be what to do with Cody Walker as far as the opposite. You know, Arrow looks like a purchase. Cody Walker looked really bad round one. So do you give him another game here or do you bite the bullet because there's so much cash that you can use?
0: Oh, the way pins are dropping left, right, and center. Number one, you started with him. You've absolutely got to keep him because if you sell him, you're going to be buying him back in what, three weeks? I think it's round five, I think, from memory. Yeah. Their draw absolutely opens up. If you go and have a look at their draw from round five, you're going to wet yourself.
1: Uh, Exactly right. I'm on the same boat as well. Um, And I do, I do really like Harry to maintain his value and be a pretty good um, second front row forward in particular, even against his. Honestly,
0: mate, Cody, yeah. Cody Walker should be everyone's number one target in three or four rounds.
1: Yeah, so if you already got him, you don't want to be burning two trades, right? You don't want to be getting rid of him and then bringing him back. You may as well just hold out and wait. 100%. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen against this rabbit side. I, and Munster and also Grant and then Hughes. That's spine. That's it's hard to tell which one of them is going to go off this game. But the one that I'm interested in most this week is a guy that is in the top 10 most traded in. And to be honest, there is a couple of Storm guys. Harry Grant's the fifth most traded in. Uh, and some people looking at Munster too, who looks like he's just dropped out of the top 10, but he was in there earlier. But Grant, at the moment, 645,000. And Brandon Smith gone for a month. So I'm all of a sudden looking at trying to get Grant into my side uh, for Junior Paulo via Watson. I think I'm going to be doing that trade. I reckon that Grant's going to be playing pretty decent minutes because it looks like Tyron Wishard on the bench, um, nephew of the great Rod Wishard, is going to cover Hooker, but maybe he only covers like 15 minutes and Grant gets 65, you know. Either way, it's going to be more minutes than what he was priced at and he, he should go well against this rabbit side.
0: Oh, mate, he was absolutely slaying it last year in like 45, 50 minutes off the bench. So the fact that he's starting um, <laughs> and... And uh, and getting to the sixty five minimum, you would think it's an absolute no brainer. Particularly now, that cheese is going like the, a lot of that risk with does he start or sort of does he sort of um, switch at the last minute and does he only get to the half a game? Sort of that risk goes right out the window now. So comfort level is hundred uh, percent mate.
1: Yeah, he's my number one buyer this storm side. Uh, I can see a lot of people interested in Jerome Hughes. Um, it's it's a bit hard with him because he did just put up the third best score of the round last week, but he didn't have any of the rest of that spine there. So I'd be a bit dubious of how much he's going to dominate the ball and the usage with the other guys returning in um, in, in Grant and also Munster. So when we're looking at vice captains for this, it's obviously the first game and there's some big guns in it. Um, would you vice any of these guys? So, you know, Munster, it's his first game, and I don't think he goes big enough to vice. Grant can go big enough. If he ends up playing 80 minutes and the rabbits are as poor as they were last week, he could be someone that tears him to shreds and, and is a complete pod VC.
0: I don't know about him as VC because I just he just doesn't seem like the guy that can go to the 150. But I'll tell you what, looking he averaged 71 or 57 minutes last year. Whether that was the tire coming on when 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 the forwards are tired and had a bigger impact, possibly. Um I just think if you're gonna VC anyone in this game, it's and I just wouldn't I wouldn't go anyone else.
1: Fair enough, mate. Um, Josh King ends up starting again. That's interesting because obviously they've got Welsh out of the middle now as well. Um, and King, to me, was always sort of going to be out of the side this week, but he's starting to solidify himself as someone who might end up having longer job security. So for me, 255000 scored 41 points in the weekend. He's more of a watch to me. He's definitely one of those guys that I wouldn't be getting in this week. But we might be talking about him more next week. Look, when we we'll have a look at the results in this one. I don't think anyone that watched football last week, despite the storm's injuries, can say that you could confidently think that Souths are going to be able to hang with them. Um, I, I have to think that the Storm are going to go thirteen plus.
0: Yeah, I would have said the same thing round one last year too. But <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm a bit more of a comfort level saying a uh, uh, Storm thirteen plus now with uh, A Ray gone and, and their efforts for the last week. Um, this Rabbit Team can beat any team in the world. But yeah, I'm with you on, I'm with you on the Storm there, mate.
1: Yeah, top spot bet of the week on this one. Minus eight points for the storm at a dollar ninety. Wow. Very, very juicy. So I love that one. I, I think that they're giving away a couple of points there that the other the other betting agencies aren't giving you. So get on that one. Um looking at the second game of this round, we've got the dragons and the Panthers. And look, the Dragons team news Aaron Woods is out already. Uh, he's replaced by Molo, George Burgess coming out of the bench, but nothing particularly super coach relevant on the Panthers side of things. Pretty relevant. Um, we've got Leota out with the shoulder for two months and Spencer Leen, finally gets a recall into the starting side that we've been waiting for him to get for a couple of years where his minutes have been too low and we've kept falling for it as super coaches. They're, the Panthers bench now, like they've moved on a few forwards. Mitch Kenney, Scott Sorensen, Eisenhuth, Jamin Salmon. It's a pretty forward-thin bench and it's also guys that are solid role players but not... Like last year, we had Liam Martin on the bench and guys of that caliber. So all of a sudden, you know, it looks like a Spencer Lenu could end up getting decent minutes. Are we falling for a trap here, Billy? Or, you know, is this Spencer Lenu time and, and he does look like a cheapy buy that we could jump on. He's coming in at 257,000 and he scored 23 points on the weekend, but he only got 23 minutes.
0: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. Um, although he's in the best team in the comp, but they they just don't have big minutes. Those those forwards like you've you've got a guys like um, Yeah who played uh, pretty much the whole game last week. out played bigger minutes. Martin is going to play. So you, you're enti- your entire eleven, twelve, thirteen playing big minutes. Fisher Harris is your dominant forward. Appy just is going to play big minutes as well. So where did, where the other three blokes on the bench rotate? It's pretty much through that number eight and. A little bit of time from Fisher Harris, so I, I can't see him getting big probably even still plays thirty-five minutes. Well,
1: Leota well, played. Leota played forty. Well, there you and, go. And he was also, and he also ended, but he also ended up injured that game. So I mean, if he ends up playing forty-five, you know, it's close to double the minutes that he got, and that's going to be the equivalent of you know forty-five points to a two hundred fifty-five odd K guy. So I mean, there could be some value there. Again, though, you can wait and see one week. right? Variety's got that twenty-three in his rolling average as well from round one. There you go, Leo. Leo
0: averaged thirty. Leo to average thirty-nine minutes last year. There you go, number eight every 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 time.
1: Well, let's see what he does this year. I reckon have a look at him this week. I mean, I've got my eye on him just to see how they do that because I reckon they're a bit thinner than what they have been in years past. Kick is another guy that's really popular at the moment, Billy. He's under five hundred twenty thousand. He looked phenomenal on the weekend. Um, He looks like he could have a good matchup this game against the Dragon's Edge. 87 points on the weekend. I know you said that he looked like he played extra minutes, but he actually didn't. um, 57 minutes on the weekend, which was four minutes below what he was doing in 2021. And that's the reason why I think that people are getting a little bit too enamored with him after one game. And I I wouldn't... I I reckon that he could go really well this week, so I'm a bit torn, because against this Dragon's side, even though the Dragons have improved... I could see Kikou giving him a lot of trouble on that edge. He looks really motivated and looks really fit. But 57 minutes for an edge, you know, you're going to have some really sad games down the track, I reckon, and it's a bit of a
0: hard purchase for me. Maybe he just seemed like he was on for 80 because he was everywhere. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) he did. He did seem like he was on for longer.
0: Yeah, just uh, just to put your comments in perspective, mate. um, uh, Round two last year, he scored 123 off 64 minutes versus the Dogs. So flip that around and pretend it was round one. Um, His scores are either side of that were for 46 and 57. Then he had a 92, then back to 30, 37, 57, 23. So he is very volatile. Had an absolutely brilliant start. Um, if you own him, obviously you're going to ride it. If you're not on him, <laughs> the only reason you would want to get him is if you think he's going to absolutely carve up this week and he'd just be a, an absolute sort of, you know, Gordon Tallis type rampaging second roll for, you know, sort of 60 minutes a game. But do you think he's
1: going to maintain it? I don't think so. Yeah, look, it's one of those risks that could pay off. It's got an okay shot, but it's not a shot that I'm willing to make myself. Seventh most traded in player at the moment. The ninth most traded in player is his second row partner in Liam Martin. Four hundred twenty-eight thousand. Someone that was quite popular in a lot of circles pre-season. And look, I I thought he was good, but I also kind of thought, yeah, he got a late line break try right at the end, and that got into. 80 points but realistically he was looking at 50 um, without that or sub 50 even had a 43 base in that game played the full 80 minutes so that was good that he's going to get 80 minutes a game and that was a slight question 80 minutes for him is great but like we talked about he's and if he's not getting the attack he's not going to be able to maintain decent enough scores and he would have got sub 50 on the weekend without a late try that kind of saved him does have good games, Billy, coming up. So maybe he can jag the attack in this early going. But I see the appeal at the 428000 Um, I just think that if you're going to buy him, and a lot of people are at the moment for this game, you temper your expectations a little bit because he's not going to score a late try all the time and, and give you 80 points. Some of those games are going to be sub-50.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he basically matched his high score from last year. Um yeah, he's gonna be playing 80 minutes, but if you go and look at you know the um eight minute scores from all the right edges last year, um they're not they're not massive. Um I had this discussion with someone the other day what I was talking about so they're playing for luck and their their counter argument was well if you're gonna you know play um you know the um, Bullimore, whatever you call it, for for luck, then why not play, you know, Liam Martin for luck? And the difference there is well, About 200 grand. two hundred <laughs> grand, two, 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 280 and is going to make cash for you. And at, whereas this bloke is already priced at his peak, so if he if he makes points for you, you're already paying for it. Bullimore is going to give you the same points if he falls over, and the an extra extra points from the two hundred grand you spent elsewhere. That's the difference. So I'm in the absolutely stay away from Liam Martin camp.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm quite in your camp, mate. I'm I'm in a bit of a um, sitting on the fence camp. Nice picket white fence that I'm sitting on at the moment for Liam Martin. But I don't think it's a terrible move. You know, certainly it's a downgrade off someone that might be injured that you can use the cash elsewhere. I don't think he's going to go badly. I just think people's expectations are getting a bit too high off one game.
0: That's probably a much better way of putting it.
1: <laughs> well, there's, like, there is a lot of Panthers interest at the moment because I thought for me they were the best-looking team on the weekend. Oh, they were. Another guy... Oh, yeah, oh, number one team for me on the weekend easily. Stephen Crichton is also in the top 10. The Panthers have four out of the top 10 most traded in at the moment. And I have to say, Stephen Crichton definitely caught my eye because I just, just on the eye test, I thought that he looked really good. He was really involved, um, scored 75 points, goal kicking while Cleary's out as well was a bit of a bonus early on. And people have noticed him, not just me, because he is currently number eight on the most traded in. He's four hundred thirty-two thousand, so he's in a real sweet spot. I dare say some people are going stag straight to Crichton. Um, I'd prefer to probably be doing other trades like a Russell to Crichton or something like that. If you got the extra cash, I actually would consider Stephen Crichton with the runner games that Penrith has, and maybe two or three games he's going to be goal kicking in a minimum. Um, that's something that I could talk myself into at the moment, based on the price point and just how he looked. Like scored seventy-five points, but I thought he looked really, really good and really involved.
0: Yeah, I think your biggest dilemma with um, Crichton is not buying him now. It's what to do in sort of you know, four weeks when he loses kicking. Yes, like, yes. he looks really involved. Are you going to keep him and hope that clearly gives something? At what point are you going to cut your losses and go? All right, time to get, to get off now before I lose. Or just clearly feed him a couple. And he still averages eight. That's going to be a real hard one. He's not, he's, I'm not getting him, but he's, he's, he's a sneaky little pot at the moment with the kicking. Um. He's probably a 50-50. Actually, he's not a 50-50 call. I think he's probably a decent buy for now, but you're going to have to choose where, when to eject.
1: Yeah, and I think that's fair and totally fine too. Um, Like, the thing is with Penrith at the moment, they've got this Dragons side they're lining up against on the weekend and everyone will go on about the Dragons improving. Yeah, they didn't look terrible on the weekend or anything, but, you know, I I still expect Panthers to go really well against them and score points. And if you look past this week, you know, they've got Dragons this week, Knights, Souths, Bulldogs and Broncos in the next five games. So Penrith actually have a pretty good draw for Stephen Crichton, I think. Um, So he's... Except for those Knights well we'll we'll see <laughs> we'll see how they progress and we'll talk about them shortly so I'm not going to talk about it too much right now but yes maybe some of these teams aren't going to be as susceptible to giving up points as what we thought but we'll see um but look he's he's probably my my number one guy I've got my eye on even potentially for this week as a strike pod center wing for the the Panthers to just to get on that goal kicking. You wouldn't want to be jumping on him in, in two or three weeks when the draw only has a couple of good games and he only has maybe one game of kicking or no games of kicking. You may as well jump on now if you like him. Um, the Dragon side of things, they had some good signs too. Uh, I, You know, Jack Bird's another one who ended up scoring a line break try that I didn't particularly you know, like pre-season, but he ended up scoring well because of it. Um, your mate Tyrell Sloan, I thought, was a mixed bag and he's coming up against a pretty tough Penrith side this week. So... I mean, you own Sloan. I I don't. Um, He scored 78 points. Mm -hmm. He looked really good in a couple of the playmaking uh, roles that he had, which uh, I thought was surprising because he's much more of a ball runner. And against that side last week, the Warriors, he was much more of a ball player with two LBAs, two try assists, and only 18 in base, which was always going to be the problem with him. Didn't score a try, though. So coming up against Penrith and then the Sharks, Para and South, you know, looking from this week onwards, this, this could be a tough slog for him this week. So I wouldn't be looking at buying a Tyrrell Slane this week if I didn't have him already. But maybe you disagree as a infatuated owner, Billy.
0: No, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, he was a real, up until about a week ago, I wasn't interested in him at all. Like he, like you said, has really, really low base. He had he had a what I what I what I thought was a really tough draw to the season, and at that sort of four hundred and fifty price, I thought, sort of, "Nah, there's no value down I'll it. Um When I saw Des Des had him in his team, I thought oh, I'll go and have another look. And then when I looked at it closer, I thought, "You know what? The, the stat that does stands out here for me there's two of them. His tackle busts are pretty good." Um, he he actually scored like eighty-eight or something rather versus Souths last year, and he plays them sort of round five. So Panthers is obviously the concern, but then I went and looked at it closer, and I thought, you know what? Warriors leak points. I'm not scared of the Sharks. Um, they're going to leak points, and I know everyone says that you know the Eels had like really good defensive record last year, I only allowed what ten, twelve points a game. But I know my boys. Mate, they they might not leak sort of at Points, but um, they leak line breaks. Their, their defense is no one knew as good as they, what their record says. So, um, the only team I was really sort of scared of was was um, Panthers in there. So I kind of figured three out of four, of that, three out of four games there was worth a stab. So answer to that is I wouldn't be buying him this week, but I'm happy with the purchase.
1: Yep, fair enough. Call I wouldn't be buying anyone this week on the um, on the Dragons side. I just think the Penrith is a really tough tough match up for them, um, and I expect Penrith to keep going well. I mean, Mikaeli Ravalawa was, was the top scorer last week. I don't see, you know, a huge influx of people going to buy him, but he is sub 500000 You can go from stags to him pretty easily, but that is a definition of chasing last week's points. He got his 119 last week against a, a much easier Warriors side. Penrith this week is going to be really tough for him. That's a no-go for sure. Look, I think that we're both saying that we reckon Penrith are going to win and win pretty well in this one. Is there any, you know, vice captaincies or captaincies on the Penrith side that you could look at?
0: Not really. Um short no. <laughs> Clear is the only person you would even consider and he's he's not even not even there yet alone fit.
1: Yeah, I, I think so as well. I mean you could try and go the you know, if you own kick out and you, you think he might go for when he's one twenty fives like he did against the dog's edge and stuff last year, if you think he could do something like that. You know maybe that's a decent vice captaincy stab, particularly if the scoring's down you know a one twenty or a one twenty five he's going to be massively pottish with him early in the round, so it's easy for you to be able to loop it as well, but that's probably the only one and it's a it's a pretty big shot to fire if you're
0: gonna go for that yeah, but even then, like would you loop one twenty one twenty five like this early in the season when you've got definitely what have you got really
1: definitely mate well look for me wow. from my perspective, you've got you know shit center wings that you're rotating. And you don't really know which one of them is going to score that well out of the those mid range center wings anyway. So it's pretty easy to take one of them out, like especially if you've got a Valia there at 205k to just loop, or or even if you're holding a Sean Russell or something like that, just pop them in and just loop with them. So it's an easy loop. And you know, the reality is, you know, even some of those bench forwards on the weekend were getting like you know 40 to 50 points. You weren't getting low scores from your bench forwards, and the center wings you're, you're probably going to end up lightly playing anyway. So. I just think with the scoring so low, we've got three tons on the weekend. None of them even hit 120. You know, 120 might have been, you know, last year's 140.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um I'm in a different school of thought though. I'm I'm backing the guys that I'm actually starting. I'm not expecting anything less than 45 from any of my starters. If I do, I'm I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have the shifts. So for me to loop a looper guy which I think is gonna have to score a minimum of 45 only to get a a 10 or a 15, that's a difference of 35 points. So 30, 35 points, I'm not interested in it. I don't even want to entertain it. Like for that very reason, I'm. I'm I, I that's the very reason why I hit Turbo straight out last week. I didn't want him to score 100 and have to look that.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, I know where you're coming from. Um, we're on different boats in this, which is good because, um, you know, a lot of stuff podcasts all agree on and it's boring. I disagree a little bit on your um, on your looping strategy, but that's always been the case. So it's good to see that we've still got that.
0: I'll do. I'm going to do exactly the same thing this week. I I don't think uh, Turbo is going to score high enough to loop. But I don't I don't. If if he does, I don't want to risk you know having to drop like a, a Momorowski who might score sort of seventy for a guy score sort of 15, 20. So same thing again. I'm just backing backing me straight out. No VC at all.
1: Oh, look, that's the other thing with these decisions too, right? Like, it's never black and white. You know, I say that I'll loop 120, but if it's a week where the guy I was going to captain, like if I had Turbo or if Teddy was firing the week before and had a really good matchup, you know, I'd probably stick with those captains. But it's got if it's a week where you're not really that set on your captain uh, and this week doesn't look particularly strong for captaincies, then maybe it's a week that I'll I'll look at the 120 for sure. Um, And this is probably a week where I would look at the 120 personally. But right, top score better of the week, St. So George Illawarra, $3.80 plus 10.5. Can they keep the form? I'm going to go, no, I'm going to take the Penrith Panthers. At, I'm going to actually pull down from their minus 10.5 line. I'm going to take them at minus 9.5 to win 10 plus, and you're going to get $1.76 for that still.
0: Yeah, I'm not backing against the Panthers, mate. You saw what they did last week to a better team?
1: Yep, 100%. Talking about better teams, Roosters versus Eagles. Yeah, it was pretty good. The Roosters were on <laughs> fire last week. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Billy Smith and Victor Radley both had concussion. They've been named, though. So they're adamant that that's going to be fine. Um, the Seagull side of things, Dylan Walker's back. So Cooler, uh, who was a reasonably popular buy, even though he's playing off the bench and looking less special for five or less points, which is what he got, uh, he's gone. So he's not going to be playing. So there's your loop. there's your loop option for for Manly, but other than that, like, it's all the same. Um, everyone else has basically kept their spots. Um, look, let's talk about the sea Eagles first in this matchup. I wouldn't be worried about Turbo from a performance perspective, but he's obviously the big talking point because last week, look, I don't think there's any way around it. You can't be happy with Travojevic at $1,256,000 scoring 62 points for you. Um, there's, this, there's no way around that, uh, but it's not a dire score. Uh, it's certainly not something where I think anyone would want to jump off now. Um, Billy, you're a turbo owner. I, I reckon you probably would have been watching the game pretty elated with 62 because it looked like at half time he might have ended up on a on an absolute stinker.
0: Yeah, wasn't wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't, didn't get <laughs> any ball at all. They, they they certainly they certainly shut him down. They certainly didn't give him any ball either. But the I think the more frustrating thing about that game for me was uh, watching it and. When Manly finally got the ball in the opposition sort of half, forwards would drop it within sort of the first two, the first the first two hit ups. So it was kind of like, guys, come on! So he was he was he was basically being neck his own guys. It was, and then when Manly had the ball, they just absolutely dominated. And we're down the other end. So look, although it was not happy with the performance at all, mate. If a bloke can score 62 against the best team in the comp, being absolutely dominated, where they dropped the ball and he touched the ball like five times. I'm happy with
1: that. Yeah. And look, I think that uh, Turbo owners kind of got saved a little bit by the Supercoach gods last week because none of the big fullbacks scored well. Teddy obviously scored poorly. Perhaps only went 10 or nine points better than what Turbo got anyway. Um, Gutho only went like 43. No, there wasn't any of the other big name fullbacks that went well. So Turbo owners didn't get punished last week for a lower score. Yeah. Look, one of the things that I do take away from this Manly side, Turbo is obviously the big one, but going into this week, uh, I actually thought they were really slow last week. Really, really slow. Um, and I'm going to point out particularly guys like Bullamore and Ola Kuatu on the edges looked like props on edges and that they got exploited big time. Kepi came off the bench as a big fellow and got exploited big time. Brad Parker got exploited big time. Uh, I, I thought all those guys looked really slow and Manly as a whole just look too slow, particularly on their edges. I don't think that's going to help Turbo very much. Um, So I am really keen to watch this game from a Super Coach perspective though, even though Bullimore didn't look, I didn't think that he looked very good at all. He was on like 12 points at the half or something like that. But in saying that he ended up falling over the line for a try, which, you know, he's not a noted try scorer. So I dare say lucky, but ended up on 45 base though. Um, and I think that's a positive takeaway for him. He got the full 80 minutes, 62 points with a try isn't great, but 45 base is a big uptick because he was looking at sort of a 20, 24, 25 pace by, the, by what he was doing at the half. 280,000, Billy, you know, do you do you give him another look or do you think that if he didn't get on, you know, you can jump on him for now against this rooster side and just like what you saw at 280,000?
0: Oh, if you didn't get on him to start with, I'd give him a look. He's not a player this week. Um, if you don't have to, if you if you have to, if you're struggling this week, then hundred um, percent play play for, play play him for luck. Um, not a type of guy that, that they would want to play um, versus the Roosters, pretty much for the reasons you just said. I would lay him for now, but don't 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 discount him. He's uh, certainly going to make some money.
1: And as well as that, Dylan Walker's actually come in this week, and Dylan Walker comes in and plays in the middle which pushes Beach, you know, up front a little bit. So it, that, that'll be a different rotation this week, that's for sure. Uh, on the Roosters side of things, now obviously the Roosters were poor last week. Um, I, I thought that they looked exceptionally poor. Their attack was really out of whack. Uh, I was really frustrated as a Roosters fan and a super coach fan that had like five Roosters in my team that I started as like a lot of people did. or uh, well, actually I only had four. I was frustrated that they kept taking four or five hit-ups at times as well. They weren't getting in the red zone and they just generally weren't getting Teddy Ball enough. Uh, It it just, none of it looked good to me. Billy, against this Manly side though, am I looking too much into my super coach side or, or putting my Roosters jersey on when I say, I like playing them this week because of how slow I thought the Seagulls were. I think that actually plays really well into getting us into form.
0: Yeah, I'll I'd, I'd be backing you guys this week, Teddy, to come back to a bit of form this week. Um, but I'm also excited by the fact that you guys played pretty ordinary last week, that I have a bit more of a comfort level playing Tom this week straight out. So I don't think it's going to be as one-sided as you think. I think both teams will probably go at each other and, try and probably play each other in the form. I don't I don't think it's going to be a uh, a scoreline like the uh, Titans and the Eels in the first half, but maybe sort of the final result uh, over a full game might be like the Eagles and the Titans first
1: half. <laughs> yeah, I reckon too. I reckon there could be some pretty good pretty good scores in this one, and I reckon it's going to be a good old-fashioned
0: yeah, 30, um, John Wojewicz
1: versus Tedesco yeah. shootout where both those guys are going to really gun it. Um, Billy Smith is a guy that a lot of people are jumping off, sub-300,000. Um, he got concussion last week and obviously only played half a game. So I think people have been a bit harsh on Billy's 16 points. He only got to play half a game and they were get trounced.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they're getting rid of him unless they really, really need the cash elsewhere and uh they're using it to get get Schiller or something. That's the only thing I can think of.
1: Mm, the other two big watches in this one, um, Connor Watson scored 50 points in a game that was really, you know, not great, played 65 minutes, which was good, although Victor Radley did um go off pretty early. So that sort of threw the rotations out of whack a little bit. But uh look, I Connor Watson this week I own, so I'm gonna be playing, I'm really interested. He probably doesn't have enough upside for people to be jumping on. Like last week, I was keen to jump on just to be able to buy the rest of my round one team. So I think it worked out better as a buy last week. For this week, I wouldn't be jumping on Connor Watson. I think that Grant coming in with Brandon Smith out is new information we didn't have round one, and that makes him a priority buy at nine. But the good thing about Watson, Billy, is if you do own him like I do, you can move him in the second row forward for this game and try and get you know a grant in if you really wanted to. That flexibility was what probably made him a, a better buy
0: yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't worry about it. You'd probably end up averaging 70 over the next five rounds. So <laughs> <laughs> there, Quintessential
1: Watson thing. Yeah. I really yeah. like playing him. Like I'm happy yeah. to play him in my second row for a few weeks.
0: Yeah, I probably would have had him too if I had a bit more time. But uh, I just kind of figured look, the team's pretty solid. I want to rip it apart to get him in for maybe a maybe a fifty, sixty, seventy um score. are never gonna hurt you. So um, certainly, certainly a, a wonderful player to have in, in, in your team, uh, uh, actual team or super coach team. Um, one of the interesting things about him, though, is he's so versatile, and you guys have so many, so many injuries all over the shop the last sort of 12, 18 months. He could quite possibly be available in every position, super coach wise, by mid-season.
1: Well, yeah, that's true as well, um, and that's that was a problem with the edges too. So Satili. We know he can have low scores, um but he also moved to moved to the center i think when um when Smith went, so that really stuffed him up but sattely and yep. Angus Crichton I'm really, really excited for those two this week. Angus Crichton scored sixty six on the weekend, and he really didn't do a hell of a lot watching the game, like obviously he had no attacking opportunity.
0: he was on the yeah, right he was what was he doing on the right did he was did he did he start there or did he go over there to cover when No, he's I'm pretty sure that he center. started
1: there um, they changed sides but Um, he, he still scored 66 points and he really didn't look like he scored 66 points against uh, both of these manly edges. Like that, that's my, aside from Tedesco, those are my bounce back guys. I think Sateli and Angus both have a good opportunity this week to, to get some attacking points on because I really like those manly edges to give up points to the Roosters.
0: Yeah. Well, he's on the, he's on the side. So the sluggish forward, um, and he's, uh, he was—he was uh, anyone. Was on, he was on fifty-one points at the end of the game, and I thought, I oh, think Christ, I didn't—I didn't get him. Um, obviously, he used the coin elsewhere for a cheap lukey or something. But he—he um, he somehow jumped from fifty-one to sixty-six. So I'm not sure what the unicorns were, but if he could score sixty-six um, in in a in a team that was you know, pretty ordinary. Um, I wouldn't be too unhappy having him. Yeah,
1: that's for sure. Uh, so he got his thirty-six points, thirty-two in base, but again, some of that was on the centre. Um, I'd definitely be happy playing him this week and persisting with him to see um, how the Roosters actually look. And I'd probably say that with all the Roosters this week. Like, I don't think Manly looked good either, and I'd certainly want to have a look at the Roosters for another week before I started panic trading these guys out. I'd, I'd be playing him this week and having a look at them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to see what Momo can do this week. Come on, Teddy, feed him.
1: But speaking of captaincy options, tedesco, you know yeah, if you own Travojevic, you 're going to captain him like you said i, I can 't argue with it he could go really well if we play like we did last week, turbo would kill us um, on the same token though if we are if you don't own turbo, you know is tedesco a fair captaincy option up against turbo and this manly side
0: hundred percent brother hundred percent i don 't know why anyone would be, would be I heard one of the guys in one of the other podcasts is talking about sort of selling him and getting um Matrell, who's playing the storm this week, and then it tooks next week. I don't understand that logic. I'd I'd be keeping Teddy hundred percent and slapping the Sea right Eye in this week.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not as confident as Billy, despite being a Rooster fan, but I'm still probably going to put the captaincy on Tedesco this week, and I do expect a bounce back. I think that's more chance than not that Tedesco has a big one. Uh, top spot better of the week for this one, pretty even money game. Dollar eighty Roosters, two dollars two Manly. I'm going to go the dollar eighty Roosters in this one. Really like them for $1.80. I reckon it's pretty good value. Moving along, uh, I do need to mention the fantastic sponsor of the All-Stars podcast being Top Sport. Top Sport is 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. We've spoken about some great odds already in the NRL markets for this week, but they often have best odds in market across all sports and also racing. So if you don't have a Top Sport account, make sure you gamble responsibly if you're going to jump on, but make sure you create an account with the promo code SCALLSTARS, all one word, SCALLSTARS, and they'll make sure they take great care of you because I know that you're one of the listeners of this podcast. Get the app or go to www.topsport.com.au if you want to have a look. SC All-Stars is a promo code. Fantastic Gods, fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast. So next game, fourth one, Titans Warriors. Um, for the Titans, we've got Brimson returning. Um, Will Smith on the bench. He was at one of the top scorers on the weekend. Now he's back on the bench. Uh, but other than that, all looks... Pretty good. Campbell and Aaron Clark have to get through training runs, but should hopefully be playing. Warriors side of things, massive injuries. Sean Johnson gone. Um, Watteney Lesniak gone. Valiak gone. All sort of four-plus week injuries. So, they've got a lot of changes, Billy, this Warriors side. Two things with the Warriors side. One thing is that I was really happy with you and Aitken ended up on 58 points, um, 50s base for an edge back row is exactly why we thought he'd be great in the center wing, and he didn't disappoint, didn't get any attack, and it didn't matter, scored his 80 minutes as we thought, all looked great according to plan. Likewise, Sean Johnson looked great according to plan, scored 66 points, um, but then he got hurt, so I am a Johnson owner, I now have to get rid of him for this game, uh, which is unfortunate because I thought he was looking pretty good, but at least Katoa is another one that people were eyeing for this game, because unlike the um, Aitken option, Katoa is only 353,000, and he's coming off 76 points on the weekend. Now, this is a game against the Titans where the Titans obviously gave up a lot of points to the Eels in the first half. They strengthened up the D in the second, but I, I thought, you know, defensively, both your Eels and Titans edges looked horrible at times. So, certainly someone like Katoa could have some appeal, but for me, Billy, he didn't, he didn't play the 80 minutes. Um, and this week might be quite different to what we saw last week where he got an LB and a try. Um, he would have been in the 40s had he not hit that. And Sean Johnson's the one that fed him that, and he's not going to be there. So a few people rushing to buy Alisi Katoa, um, I would be holding off myself. Even though he's cheap, he would have scored about 45 points had he not gone through with that try, and Sean Johnson's not going to be there. Um, Titans edges, though. But, you know, they do look pretty weak ended up playing seventy three minutes, maybe he goes up to eighty
0: um still not sure what the plan is there. was never massively keen on on the guitar I prefer the uh, other edge um he was, he was he's kind of like i wouldn 't exactly put him in a bullmore camp um because of the price difference, but he he certainly ha- was going to have that sort of luck factor with the draw. There was every chance he was going to go over i uh, wouldn 't be buying him this week, but um i'd certainly be sort of playing him again um I think the the one that sort of really impressed me was Curran. Um, I think whether his edge, whether he, whether his edge or middle, he just looked absolutely sort of brilliant. He mm,
1: was great. Curran's a good one to talk about and mention for this game because I think that some people are going to be looking at having some money left over with some downgrades and injuries and different things in their team. At thirteen, we didn't think he was going to get uh, enough minutes, and we didn't know if he was going to get the attack that he was last year. Ended up playing sixty-five minutes on the weekend. Um, had a 49 base but also ended up with a a nice um, try assist that he got going through the line as well so that obviously helped him get to 81 points but 65 minutes is really good like if he's going to play 13 and get 65 minutes all of a sudden at 586,000 you know Madison owners for instance he's out for two or three weeks now would be looking at eyeing off a straight swap there among other people as well so I I would be comfortable enough jumping on him, um, particularly with their draw at the moment, um, the next few weeks.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm not the coach, but I would like to think that when Toby Harris comes back, um, Harris either goes to edge for Katoa because Curran's been playing so brilliantly in the middle, or if Harris goes to middle, Curran's that good. He goes to the edge and plays almost 80 there, or... It's the same sort of thing. Rotates, rotates through the middle, and still gets to the sixty-five. Him and Harris get the same. So it uh, doesn't matter what happened, what position, he, what position he plays this year. Surely he's going to be getting that sixty-five minutes away. He's going, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, he's a he's a fine one to look at against his Titans side this week. He could go well against his pack for the Titans. Uh, I, I thought, you know, moving on to the Titans, I didn't think they looked great last week. I thought defensively they looked really poor at times. Obviously. The elephant in the room for them is David Fafida, scored 55 points, costs well more than that at 750 odd thousand. I wouldn't be worrying about it myself. I'm not worried at all as an owner. I actually think that he's a special this week to score one or two tries. Other people will be worried about it, Billy. And in fact, he to 60 points. Watching the game, I don't even know how he got to 60. So that's a real plus for me. It's kind of like Turbo where you sort of saw him have a, a pretty poor game. And he still scored in the sixties. It's the same with Fafita; he still gave us sixty points. Should be pretty happy with that, I reckon. And this week, um, I really like him in this matchup versus the Warriors. I'd be, I'm going to say that he's going to go eighty-five plus this week, and I really like him as a play. Definitely don't be selling him.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He was on about twelve or fifteen points uh, late in that first half when he they there was a ball from the half out wide that went the sort of the ground and he sort of just <laughs> scooped it, scooped it up and had a, a tackle bust line break then another tackle bust so plus the plus the HJ so he pretty much scored um 16 i think 16 possibly 18 points in one run in the space of about sort of about 10 seconds um at that sort of the base of 12 that he was on that basically sort of jumped him up sort of you know almost sort of 30 30 points in the first half and then I think later, later in this of the second half, he had one run down the sideline. I'm not sure. I don't think it was a line break, but I think he had a couple of crab, uh, crab like sort of tackle busts and tried to run over the the the, uh, the flanker towards the back. So if you if if you take out the the the, the line break and a couple of those sort of tackle busts and just go look what was it what was his effort on pure base, it basically comes down to sort of 16, 17 points a half. So for a guy to be really sort of quiet and do nothing, it just goes to show that a, a bloke like Canferi can pretty much do nothing and then have one explosive run. All of a sudden, you know, he's going to score six just being on the park.
1: Yeah, I I really like him this week to the point that I would even consider him as a pod captaincy option. Um, I think that he's definitely yep. going across the line for a try, and he could have one of those really big games. They're playing on the Gold Coast. They're playing at home versus the Warriors. That's not far for the Warriors to travel, obviously, but um, it's still it's still a home game for Fafida and I still expect him to carve this Warriors side. He gave up quite a few easy tries last week against that uh, that Dragons team. So, I mean, I'm I'm even considering the V C uh C on uh, David Fafita. That might be something that I, I do as a pot option, um, and I'm probably fifty fifty on it at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's a decent route. Gold Coast is pretty much a home game for the. Uh... They're Warriors too, but they, they seem they seem to have a ma- massive contingent of fans. When, they, when they, I've never seen them on the Gold Coast, but I know they have a lot of fans there. But when, whenever I go to watch the uh, uh, Brisbane versus um, Warriors up here, almost half 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 the fans are Warriors. I don't know whether they just come out of everywhere from Queensland or whether they come up from the Gold Coast or what, but they certainly perform when they're against Queensland teams. So it wouldn't rule them out.
1: Really tough on the top spot better the week for this one. Dollar thirty-seven for the Titans, three ten for the Warriors or plus eight and a half if you like the line. I'm gonna go completely away from that. You know, I'm gonna go for try scorers here because I believe in Fafita this week, like I said. And you can get Fafita to score a try anytime, doesn't need to be first, and you can grab him for two dollars forty for a try score like Fafita. I really like that, and I'm jumping on two forty.
0: Yeah. Um Look if they're gonna dominate, he's the one that's gonna go over. Um yeah, yeah, I agree with that, mate. Two dollars forty for the bloke that's likely to go over as opposed for, for them to win, which is a lot shorter odds. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd take that I'd take that over the line.
1: Sharks and Eels, mate. You get a super Saturday five thirty game. God, oh, the The out, Sharkies. Man. Cam McGuinness is in the reserves. He might come in on the eel side of things. Ryan Madison gone, hamstring, two to three weeks. Uh, Oregon Confuci taking 13 jersey and Browns added to the bench had to be added back. The big news really out of this though is Madison owners will be absolutely spewing because it's just it's just really unlucky. You know, he's done a hamstring twinge. It's just really, really unlucky. you got to sell him, uh, but there's a lot of good options that we've already spoken about too. Sean Russell though is a killer because he was on his way you know, forgetting 80s, he was on his way to score 130 points on the weekend uh, and then he got his, his ribs done and now he's He's going to have to be a sell at just under 300,000. So big changes for your boys. Um, I really thought that your edge, your defense was so bad. on Your centers and wingers were just getting killed by the Titans. So against this Sharks side, I'm really interesting, because, uh, interested because some of the Sharks' touches were good, but they equally struggled at times too. So I, I really don't know what to make of both these teams coming in. I just know that if I had Madison, I, I'd... I'd be pretty happy to sell him to some of these options, and I reckon that they've got a lot. And I also know that I would not be going near Cameron McGuinness.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think there's only uh, a small contingent of people who actually own Madison, so it's not really sort of too bad. I think it was, I think it was 5% or something. McGuinness is only 2% owned, so pretty low.
1: The problem, the problem with McInnes, though, that you've got to talk to people about is that a lot of people are going to be trading in Madison or trading some of these guys and they're going to be looking at McInnes as an option, and Why? I really don't think they
0: should be. He's not even on the bench; <laughs> he's out of the team.
1: It's it's weird. This it's not. Look, I was going to say it's weird this McInnes love that we saw in the preseason, but like he was a very good player eighteen months ago. But it's it, it, people shouldn't be looking at buying him. They just shouldn't be looking at doing he, it at the moment.
0: He's not even in the seventeen. He's like eighteenth
1: man. So uh, there's a, there's hope that he's going to come in. He's reportedly a high chance of coming into the side.
0: Yeah. Right. Oh I, 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 yeah. I wouldn't be going anywhere. near. But I think the winners here is Papa Lee with Madison out of the equation mm. for, for a while. Um, I think he, he, the concern around the rotation goes, so you've got like a almost 80 minute type, uh, front row forward. sort of back that can, that is playing on the edge and is going to rotate and has that sort of clutch potential. So he is priced at the premium, but I think he's the big winner here, um, on the shark side of the fence. Um, I really like uh, Nico Hines. Like he was obviously a uh, specie to start the season. I, I think plenty of people stayed away from him because of the uh, unknown. But he, he hardly he didn't look, look look like he was doing much, and somehow still managed to put the sort of seventy seventy two seventy three points together. Is um, that's the worst you can expect from him? I have got a whole high hopes for him then.
1: Oh, I I loved him on the weekend. Um, I ended up covering Moses. Because I needed to save that money, but it was Heinz and Moses neck and neck the whole preseason for me. Well, really, it was Heinz most of the preseason, and then it was Cleary, and then Cleary was out, and it was Heinz and then Moses because I had to save money. But I would, yep. I really am trying to get him into my side, but it's just too hard because I've got Moses there. 72 points last week, it was 36, and that was yep. base. Um, 12 of that was from his goal kicking, which he's going to have for the season, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, he was running the ball well, and he did he did his 72 points without really much clutch attack at all. So I, I'd be, if you have to get a half back in, or you're like, you know, got Sean Johnson there, and you can find the money to upgrade, uh, I definitely think that he's an option. And I, I think that he'll go really well this week against your Eels. I thought the second half of last week, he started to look a lot more comfortable, and that's where he got a lot of his scoring when he started feeling a bit more comfortable, obviously, second half of the first game with the new club in the new role.
0: Oh yeah, but if I had to choose a captain between him and Moses, I would wouldn't even be entertaining Moses.
1: No, well, you know, I think it's probably hard to go for any of these guys in this one. But Moses is an interesting one too because I've got him and I'm really happy with him. Do you see him continuing? He obviously scored 89 points. Uh, the Sharks had um, 24 points thrown on him from Canberra. Um, I tend to think your Eels have got more points in them, so I re- I reckon the big guns in the Eels could fire. I think you know Gutho Moses show could be on and. Really, Gutho was a bit unlucky on the weekend that some of his passes got pulled back
0: and stuff. Yeah, look, I hope so, mate. Look, I, I really hope the boys do well. Um, I'm excited for them. As an industry fan, I'm enjoying watching it at the moment. But as far as coaches are concerned, I don't think Moses is going to be able to hit the post from 50 metres out too many times. So <laughs> I think you're going to have to take a lot of luck factor out of that. That was sport.
1: a great kick. It was bland move. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, well, look, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I, I don't really see the VC or C options, but I could see quite a few points in this one. Yeah, yeah. On top sport for the bet of the week, your Eels. I want to bet them, but they're not giving up much. They are the favourites, minus two. Um, I'm not confident enough to take the minus two, but I do like them at $1. seventy. I reckon I'm going to go with that one.
0: Yeah, I think the market's pretty much right there. You've got to go with the guys that sort of have the runs on the board and the wins on the board from the previous season, but... If I was gonna bet on this on this one, I'd probably take the, the Shafts like a minus four or start stop something or other.
1: Cowboys Raiders, the final sip Saturday game. Um to Noel Brown, really disappointing. He's he's hurt his knees out for a couple of weeks. So he's gonna to need to be replaced. Um aside from that, there is Lukey still on the bench. So obviously late in the piece he got moved to the bench, which was a bummer. I traded him straight to Nanai, which worked out fine. I'm still pretty disappointed because Lukey still ended up almost scoring 50, and I thought looked really good. Um, but, you know, if he's going to have that bench role, if you didn't sell him last week, you probably got to get rid of him, although you could look at him again this week just to see if things change. Yeah. Um, but the big news for the Cowboys was obviously Jason Tomalolo. So we may as well talk about him now, Billy, as far as changes go. Tomalolo got moved to prop the hour before kickoff, and that ended up being a, a killer in the end. I, initially, when I saw it, I didn't really care as an owner because I thought they're still going to do the same minutes. I even thought that he'd go back to 13 during the game anyway. 51 minutes um, could have been worse. He still scored 53 points. So really at his price point of 485,000, I wasn't terribly unhappy. It was a game that was 6-4 as well. So, you know, it, it was a blood of a game. And he still got 53. I'm a very positive person with Jason Tomalolo because I just can't see the pressure that they're putting on that team to play him more minutes and the amount of times they keep saying they're going to use him more and they don't, like that can't keep happening. So if he's going to throw up 53 he's four, I wouldn't be panicking to sell him this week against a Raiders pack that they're going to really need him against.
0: Yeah. I think a good way to look at this would be take the Jason Tomalolo name off the player and just tell yourself, hey, I've got a guy that's starting lock, starting prop, playing this sort of... Fifty plus minutes, priced at what you know, four mid 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 four hundreds, and is is an ex sort of the player of the year, hundred twenty kilo wrecking ball. Would you take a pun on him? Might not score eighty points, but if he's going to give you sort of sixty a week, price at that, it's really really not a major concern, is it?
1: No, exactly right. And like we sort of said with him, like we both liked him as a decent buy in the off season, and it was all around the fact that look if if he's four is going to give you like low to mid fifties with his bad games and you're not really going to lose out too much. And the big thing that I mentioned that I'm really big on is the, the upside of him starting at prop in this first game is if he does it a couple more, by round six, you can actually move him to prop when they do all the, the changes to the positions because he'll qualify as a front row forward. Yeah. And I, if you throw him a front row forward and he starts getting minutes, you know, and that point maybe he's averaging sort of fifty six points, but then he starts getting minutes and he starts averaging sixty, that's a decent prop that you paid four hundred eighty five thousand for. That's going to be playing the first buy and that you can just keep rolling through with a bit of upside. So yeah, it's it's not all doom and gloom for Jason Tomalolo at the moment, and a lot of people are really pushing to to sell him for this Raiders game. I, I'd be I'm definitely holding him.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And he they play that first buy as well. So even if he sort of increases sort of slowly, you've got a, a staple guy that's going to be there for that uh that, that first half of the season.
1: No big, yeah, much bigger problems this week than selling Tom Lolo playing this Raiders team. Speaking about the Raiders team, um, Schneider's out with COVID, which is really disappointing for everyone concerned, especially the young kid. But he scored forty-five points in Super Coach and was goal kicking. Really good matchup this week against the Cowboys. Um, Hodgson. He's gone, but only for a couple of weeks. Tom Starling at 350,000. I was ready to jump all over Billy, but he's only going to have a couple of weeks, so it's going to be you know a bit disappointing and not really worth the trade. The, the standouts for me this game from last game, first of all, the edges, right? I, I was really a little bit surprised. So and Ira ended up getting the start at the last minute. He got named on the bench and then ended up getting the start last week when we thought he was going to be named on the bench, I should say. And ended up scoring 67 points, 33 in base, which we know is going to be the case. But his ball playing really helped them. At the same time, he only played 57 minutes. So 535,000, you can't really go near him. But he is the type of player that could keep scoring well against the edges, um, including this Cowboys one this week. But a big one for me was Hudson Young with their edges. So spoke about Hudson Young as a smoky in the preseason. The worry was always going to be the minutes. Um, but he ended up playing the full 80 minutes on an edge. If his role continues at that, at 534,000, he's not particularly cheap, but he is a massive pod move this week against his Cowboys side. Scored 80 points on the weekend. That included a line break try. Only had 43 base, but as an edge, you'd take that. Uh, I actually quite like him the next couple of weeks. And if, you know, you'd assume that he's going to keep playing 80 minutes. If you're looking at a pod purchase, um, I can see someone like Hudson Young for the same sort of price as a kick-out, working out better longer term, uh, because he is going to play that 80 minutes, and he does have some of that attack in him, and I thought that he looked really good on the weekend against the Sharks. So a bit of a dark horse pod play that not many would be up for, but against the Cowboys this week, uh, I reckon he'll go well again.
0: Certainly loves ripping in. I was excited about him a couple of years ago when he's kind of first surfaced. Like, he had a decent PPM, but the thing is, unless you... Jack, that sort of starting spot at the Raiders, you, you can't really get a guy in your team that's going to play in you know, 40 minutes or sort of 13 or sort of come off the bench and rotate on the edges. So um, given that he started the season at a reasonable sort of price and there were a couple of guys sort of coming back from injury and trying to get those edge spots locked down, um, he was a reason why. He was sort of a bit sort of hard to start the season with. But if you started with him, like you've certainly picked a, one 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 hell of a pod to sort of rip into. So... Um, I think he's more of a money ball and sort of first try first try scorer, any, any try scorer for the rest of us now, but uh exciting player to have if you've got him.
1: So do you think with, you know, Madison owners and a, and a couple of others even, um, you know, people that ended up with TPJ and didn't really sell them, do you, do you think he's an option for them to look yes, at? Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I quite like Hudson Young as a pod option. And I think that there's no way that CHM would have played 57 and Young play 80 on each edge if that wasn't going to be the plan from Ricky. So...
0: Yeah, I was just about to say. I think if you're looking for a downgrade, um, the cheap, the cheap version that looks kind of dangerous that doesn't translate to SC points unless you get through the line is your Nenai, Whereas Hudson is just as dangerous. Just seems to have to be a bit more of a worker. Has more more of a base sort of output um, and has that sort of uh, a couple of soft games as well. So depends on what you're actually looking for with with pri- with price point.
1: So I need you to talk me out of something here for this week. Yep. I thought Jack Whiten looked really good on the weekend. Um, Don't. I, thought, I, thought he looked, Don't. I thought he looked really active. Uh, I thought he looked good on supporting on that side with Cottridge. Um, had a good try between the two of those, Cottridge and Whiten working together. Scored 73 points in 80 minutes with a try without a line break. Um, I wouldn't normally look at him, but when I went to sell Sean Johnson billy, I looked at the matchups this week and went, actually Raiders have got a pretty good matchup with the Cowboys and they got the Titans the week after. And I looked at what I could afford and I said, you know, if I had to downgrade Sean Johnson or pay the same price, what can I get at six? And there was nothing there. Oh
0: uh, yeah, you're at six. So, I, was to say, was a- I was gonna say I was gonna say Sexton, but That's
1: seven, so... No, you see, that's the problem. So the guys like Sexton and so forth are all the half-back spots. So at six, there's a lot of people that have Sean Johnson at the moment that have got to sell him to play someone. They've even got Schneider as a backup in a lot of cases. um, Or Elias, I should say, as well, which you don't want to play. Yeah, Now, Whiten's the top 10 most traded in at the moment. He had four tackle breaks in the weekend, an offload, a try. He looked a lot more active. Is this a is this a time that maybe he does fire for value at four hundred twelve thousand? I said in the preseason, you know, he doesn't normally have a super coach game, but there's no options there, so that's why I'm looking at him, Billy. Talk me off the ledge, tell me what to do.
0: If I were you, I'd be going sort of three trades and getting Cam Monster really. Then,
1: well, you know, that's the other option. Um, I think that the, the the problem is that some people don't want to burn trades and they're just looking at a, at a you know, Shaw Johnson trade and Whiten does stack up.
0: Okay, well, if you're happy running 1,000, then no problem. If you want to win it, in the points.
1: Well, Whiten, next two weeks, I reckon, goes well, and especially this week against the Cowboys. I could see him putting up good points again. Longer term, though, um, you know, they do have Manly round four and Melbourne round five, and then they have the Cowboys again. But, you know,
0: it's... Just to, um, just to <laughs> well, give you a bit more context around the... Um... Munster purchase I just spoke to you about. So yeah, I've got yeah he's got his first game back and he's got the rabbits this week, but it is at home. Then he's got the eels at home next week. Then he's got the dogs at home. Then he's got the raiders. Then he's got the sharks. Then he's got the warriors. All those games are at home except for one. You've got so Cam Munster next five or six games at home versus the softest teams in the comp pretty much.
1: Oh look, I really like Munster, but he's you know two hundred and fifty thousand more expensive what Whiten is. For, for a reason. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can't just spend on all of the top players. I mean, one of the trades that I did, for instance, was uh Paulo and Sean Johnson out and Grant and Whiten in. So, you know, th- that looked like a good trade on paper. But I, I digress. You know, Whiten is top 10 most traded in at the moment. I do see him going well against the Cowboys this week and the Titans next week. I actually think that he will look really good. But I, I think it's very, very risky to expect him to pay dividends in the longer term past these next couple of weeks. So this week, I'm going to back him, though, Billy. I'm going to say that he'll go well. I'm, I'm probably not going to trade him in, but I've looked at it a few times, and I felt a bit dirty with myself for doing <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah,
0: fair enough, mate. Uh,
1: all right, this game, Raiders got the win on the buzzer last week. Cowboys could only muster well, four points, um, and they had a whinge about the Bulldogs' tactics and stuff when they, their attack only gave them four points to win a game. I don't think there's any question on top sport. Dollar fifty two for the Canberra Raiders, um, even minus four as a line at a dollar eighty five. That's going to be my take on it. Don't go near it with captaincy or vice captaincy options. Next one is the Knights and Tigers, two sides that looked very improved on the weekend. Uh, I actually thought that the Tigers had a chance of winning on the weekend before the round um, and took them at well, I think it was plus sixteen and a half at a dollar sixty eight or something ridiculous. Um, so that worked out quite well, but Billy, with the changes, you know, same 17 name for the Knights, as you'd expect. Daniel Saifidi is already back in the reserves, though, which is interesting because he was meant to have a few weeks out. For the Tigers, Tamau returns straight in the starting team. Um, Luke Garner's to the reserves. Now, that speaks volumes for Tulagi. Uh, Tulagi was quite impressive on the weekend, but with Garner oh, now off the he oh, He looked great, didn't he? And for Supercoach, he looked fantastic, too. It was a bit... of a bit sad that he got downgraded. He was on like a 62 or something, um, and he ended up getting downgraded and only scored a 46. Uh, but he scored 46 in 71 minutes. You'd expect with Garner not there, he's going to get the 80 minutes now as well. And the way he looked, you know, he, if you he didn't buy him last week at 253000 I think that you've got to look at buying him in, in this next fortnight before he has a price rise for sure.
0: Yeah, 100%. He's one of those guys where if... If you're only making uh, one trade this week and you're going to sort of save a couple for next, don't. If you haven't got you haven't got two at you just get in because next week it could be an injury or something else and all of a sudden then you're going to have to try and get him and someone else. So, yeah, just if you don't have any, he's one of the guys that you just burn for this week.
1: Yeah, and I think that he was the highlight for the Tigers really from a super coach perspective. Obviously, the you scored some tries. Mamolo got a double and scored 73.
0: No, I did well.
1: Yeah, Nofo did well, too. He got that early try. I thought that he might have been a special for a double two, but he ended up scoring 65. Um, one of the weird things with his score, though, was that it was a solid score, but he, and he had some good tackle breaks, but he only had 18 raw base, which is really unlike him. So ordinarily, that would have been like a, an 80-plus sort of score for him, but yeah, only 65. 467,000 still for him. I mean, would you look at either of these Tigers win- wingers, even in a matchup like this this week? It nah. might look enticing against the Knights, but I don't think you can do it.
0: Nah, if, if you do, you might sort of top the round, but you, you'll drop off again.
1: I need to shout out on the night side of things. You know, Kurt Mann, I really wasn't a fan of, um, and I'm so glad that, you know, you get, you get a couple of calls right here and there. <laughs> they just... They make you believe in supercoach again. Kurt Mann um, ended up scoring 40, 40 points. He did get 62 minutes though, which was more minutes than I thought he would, um, but only scored 40 points. So I'm, I'm happy that I stayed off him. But with guys that you might've wanted to have jumped on that you're looking at this week, you know, they do have the Tigers, Billy. Dane Gagai was one of the top point scorers last week, Tunning up. You know, do you buy into how good Gagai looked in round one and go playing the Tigers at Newcastle for a home game First home game of the season, you know, perfect time to take a, a plunge on a pod like Gagai, who's just top
0: scored. Oh, I wouldn't, because you're, you're banking on them going ballistic, giving them one week a score, but then you have to play them again sort of next week, and then hold on to them and hope they're for hope, hope they're going to rise. So if that doesn't sort of work out, then you're you're up the creek without a paddley. And so I wouldn't personally. Um, I'd even be inclined to go and have a look at his sort of transaction history. So. How much has he increased or decreased, and what's his run like? So, for the last sort of couple of years, I'm pretty sure pretty confident you wouldn't find too many games where he's gone back to back, waving back to back to back.
1: Yeah, 106 points last week. The impressive thing with that as well was he had 45 in raw base, so he's not going to up. He's not going to keep that up, but you know it was really impressive last week to see a wing have 45 in raw base. Hundred and six points, but he's gonna cost you six hundred thousand. The Tigers look really good this week, but then they hit Penrith, Sharks Manly, not quite as good. Um so yeah, I, I wouldn't buy him for this week, despite the fact that he was one of the top scorers last week. Uh Billy I have to also say, whilst I was happy about man, um I didn't go sofiti, the Jacob Saifidi, but I did think that he projected really well. Started and only got thirty six minutes. So you know, thirty nine points was pretty good for the minutes, but he just didn't get the minutes last week. So slightly disappointing. And his brother's already named in the extended bench. So it, you know, I, I thought that might have been a good gamble for three or four weeks. But brother coming back early and not getting the minutes last week—that sort of didn't work out the way I thought it would.
0: Yeah, I didn't think he'd be too um, too much interest there. But um, c- certainly, brother coming back early shows the spare in the works anyway. So I, I, either way, it's a. Is a concern if you started and <laughs> more of a concern if you're considering getting him this week.
1: Uh, Caleb Pogba is obviously one of the Knights' big guns. And I I was actually surprised he got two points on the weekend in the, the best and fairest points. Um, I didn't think that he would get that. And he only scored 44 points in Supercoach. Against his Tiger side first home game, though. Um, if I did own him, I, I own him in drafts. I'll captain him in draft. It's tough because if you own Kalen Ponga, you probably don't own Turbo, so you're not going to captain him. This isn't a bad matchup for him. So when we're talking about captaincies, you know, I, I would have a plunge on Kalen if I owned him, but I wouldn't own him in the first place at the moment. But if I did, he's got to be the one and only option
0: for this guy. Yeah, you never go anywhere. Anywhere any, any else in the night's team apart from him. The, the only reason you would want to captain anyone else in that Knights team is if you've got a, like a, a, guy, a guy like Guy Guy up against a really really soft draw and you really didn't have any, anything else but I think there's opportunity for him this week I think um the the style of play versus the bottom sort of four teams in the comp- competition kind of really sort of complements him I think his style of play is more sort of up and out as opposed to up and in. So when, when he gets the ball, he's going to move out. He's going to have a couple of tackle bars. He's going to look for that sort of cut-out ball like Luke kind of says. I think there's more opportunity for him to do that this week, uh, both sides of the field. So if you're going to choose one, he'd be the one to do it. But he's going to want to step up a lot more on what he did last week.
1: Top spot, better of the week. Obviously, both teams improved a lot. Um, the Knights are thirty nine. The Tigers are 3 bucks. Interesting. I think the Knights will win, um, especially being at home. But... You know, plus seven and a half, dollar ninety for Tigers. That seems like it might be okay with
0: how they played last week. Yeah. Sunday Arvo footy at um at New not one to go against.
1: There could be some really good points in this game. Um, I just think that we might be buying guys for one week, really, with that Tigers side. So I'd be steering clear, but wouldn't surprise me if was some massive scores from some of those Tigers and those wingers probably get good scores again. Uh, Canterbury and Brisbane is the final game. I don't know why the NRL has done this for like two years now, where the last game of the round 90% of the time is a bit of a dud, but, you know, it's here again. Um, The Bulldogs scored six points last week. The Broncos won by scoring 11 points. You will never, ever get a matchup in round two, Billy, where two sides won round one, scoring 11 and six points respectively. It will never happen. Um, And it probably says... How good the Supercoach prospects might be in this one as well.
0: I don't understand why Broncos are playing on Sunday. Have the uh, broadcasters given up on them? Or
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have to they have to look like that they don't play every Friday night, mate. So it's yeah, throw one in there. But look, the, the changes we've got. Adam Reynolds back, so maybe the Broncos attack's going to be a lot better. Um, Albert Kelly's won the five eight spot. So if you started with Billy Walters, you're going to be absolutely spewing because he's under three hundred k. And he's also on the bench now. Jermaine Osako's gone, but no one would have owned him for the Bulldog side of things. Three players all concussed last week, which was a big deal for them. Naden Burns and Marshall King. The good news is that they're all named, but the better news is Tevita Penguai Jr. is slated to return. If I own Tevita Penguai Jr. Billy, I would be elated to have him this week playing against his old club in the Broncos. He's my special for this week in this game. I think that he's going to come out and just try and smash the Broncos completely but I don't own him. I sold him to Junior Polo for 35 points because he was out the last minute. And I'm spewing that I didn't just play Max King and Bench Pan guy, so I owned him this
0: week. It's all right. He probably comes in and knocks someone out in the first three minutes and he gets minus 35 anyway. So <laughs> you, might be, you might get the better end of the stick anyway. Who knows which one's going to turn up? You
1: mentioned um, on the Bronco side of things, um, Cobo looked pretty good. Um, he certainly did some good things. He didn't end up scoring... Great though, so I mean, obviously this might be an okay matchup for him. Um, He's got forty-three points, twenty-five in base. So, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but three hundred twenty k. You you're looking at jumping on this week, like a lot of people are. Yeah,
0: hundred um, percent. He had like two or three errors last week. I think uh, Stags threw the ball over the sideline a couple of times where 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 um, Selwyn was going to go go um, go down the line for a line break. He had that what, that. Line break try that was disallowed because he had had, uh, had his uh, uh, knee on the line. You get just one of those things, and all of a sudden he's at you know at a fifty fifty five score price at you know three twenty three. He's still and he's and he's still missed out on a couple of attacking stats there, and had a couple of injuries, and had, had a couple of a um, couple of missed stats there. So I think there's a lot of upside to him. I think he passed the eye test hundred percent. Like I said before, the only reason I didn't get him is because he wasn't playing fullback, and I kind of figured at that price on the wing with the Broncos, uh, probably just want to see a bit first. But one game was enough to just to, to see how much potential the kid has. So just going to get him in.
1: Yeah, I'm going to wait on him myself. Um, you know, 43 points if he doesn't score a try and he scores another 40 odd points this week, he's actually going to drop in value a little bit after you know round three probably. Um, but
0: yeah, but he'll score better than Luki.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It does depend on who you're trading out this week. So if you're trading someone out and you need to get yeah, someone in exactly. there, then it's fine. I don't need any centre wings. So, you know, to me, it's a, a bit of a waste of trade if you're going to do something like a Billy Smith to a Cobbo. You know, I I wouldn't bother um, doing that this week. Um, I'd be holding firm for, for those sort of trades. For the Bulldogs side of things, um, I don't think that they showed much at all to say that you wanted to trade in for any of these guys. But Penguin Jr. will be the interesting watch list. Um, on draft, though, I do need to mention Tessie New is back at fullback for the Broncos. I think he could go really well this, this year at fullback, so I'd be running to the waiver wire to put in my claim to try and get Tessie New in my side for draft.
0: Oh, yeah. He, he certainly looked the goods last year. He just it was an absolutely terrible team with no go forward. There wasn't really much for him to do. Um, I don't think he played every game at fullback either. There was certainly He was certainly chopped and changed and moved about, so... If he gets if you gets the chance to to establish himself in that sort of one position and gets um gets paying moving and with the re, moving the rest of the forwards forward, mate. I, I think you'll I think you'll see a different Tessie or next level Tessie this year as yep. well.
1: No, I um, my two big calls, which I don't think are very big on this one to finish up, uh, I think that we're going to see a Tevita Penguin Jr. seventy five plus and We're also going to see a stag 60-plus, which, you know, isn't great, but still, you know, three times what he scored on the weekend and and something you'd take at the moment by not trading him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, certainly won't be less than 23, that's for sure.
1: Before we finish up on TLT Round 2, Billy, Payne Haas scored 91 points on the weekend. Looked like the best prop in the game. Uh, I thought he was immense value in in the preseason. I was one of the first players I picked, never left my side. Elated with him. Um, If you don't have him, do you move your team around to get him now?
0: I wouldn't pull my team apart to get him um, purely because I don't think he's going to be that sort of player that scores over 100 consistently enough, or would be enough to kind of hurt you. It's just going to gradually kind of chip away, chip away at you, your your score, knowing that everyone else is getting an extra 20, 25 points a week on you.
1: Yeah, his stats last week were pretty remarkable. He played 70 minutes. If he keeps playing that, he'll be easily a runaway front row forward leader and one of the best forwards between second row and front row forward of this year. But 23 runs, Billy, four offloads, three tackle breaks, plus all the tackles, 45. Like, he's just – he's a stat beast if he's getting 70 minutes.
0: Even if he only gets 60 minutes, mate. He he basically – I was doing the math. So when when they came off at halftime, they had had the the VB man – so hard worker we next what did you call, and they called the stats out at the 35th minute, I think it was, and I said, no, pen guy, you know, 20, 21 tackles, uh, 160 metres for sort of 16 runs, and you do that, and you go, all right, so 20, 20 tackles, maybe, maybe minus a couple miss ones, maybe, but he's not going to miss too many, Six, 16 runs, let's assume two thirds of those are above, above eight metres. There's 35 points there already, you haven't even counted in any offloads or tackle busts, uh, no line breaks, no tries, no nothing. So you're pretty much going to get like a 70 points per game off a bloke playing in 60 minutes.
1: Yeah, and the offloads was the thing that I wanted to see. Like we always knew he had a big boner and a big work rate, but at times last year, and we spoke about this in the, the Brisbane Broncos preseason episode with Wilfred for super Coach, that at, at times he started offloading and it was that's what really projected, projected his scores up a lot more. And he just threw 4 offlays in game one. So I'm excited to watch him against this Bulldog side. I'm glad I've got him. Um, quite easily, he could be the, the top point scorer in this game and he could score 90 points again and back it up. So oh, I, if you've got guys to sell, I, I wouldn't be adverse to to grabbing him at all. Um, and in fact, I, I think it's better to do it earlier rather than later on Payne Haas. You may as well just jump in because I don't think he's going to be bad and he's still underpriced. Billy, thanks for jumping on for TLT round two. It was great to get your perspective after we chatted about round one and we can review round, round one data and sort of see where we're at for round two. And uh, you've beaten me by 50 points. I'm planning on picking that up by next week, mate, just to let you know.
0: Good luck with that, mate. <laughs> Combo's the word.
1: <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, you can download, stream and listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore underscore sc nrl__sc__allstars.com. And definitely jump on topsport.com.au and use the promo code SC all to open an account. TLT round two. We've got all the games this weekend to watch. We'll be back on Thursday recording a talk and footy episode that'll drop on Friday. If you like just hearing about the footy and not the supercoach, tune in. If not, the supercoach is back next Tuesday for our recording, which will drop on the Wednesday afternoon as well for you for round three in the meantime good luck with your teams good luck with your trades don't trade too much but make sure you get in what you need to score well in round two we'll chat again next week hey now you're an all-star get your game on go play hey now you're a rock star get the show on get